Hallelujah, saints. God is so good. Amen. Welcome to church tonight. What a wonderful time in worship. Wonderful time to praise him. Give glory to his name. Hallelujah. If you're visiting, we welcome you. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, Jesus loves you. We love you. Thank you for visiting. Welcome to church on Sunday night here at Living Word Church. So we'll have a little special meeting tonight. Typically over the last couple months now, we've been doing prayer nights. And that's awesome, and it's great, and it's great to spend time together as a group of believers praying. By the way, I I tend to do this. I forgot to introduce myself. My name's Ben, one of the pastors here. Nice to meet you. But it has been great to pray as a group, as a church, together. It's been wonderful to hear the saints and what their prayer needs are. And we've been praying with the saints. And hasn't it been a blessing, saints? Hasn't it been great to get to know your brothers and sisters in a, in a different way? And when you're praying at home, I don't know, at least for me, some of you will pop up in my head that you put prayer cards in or or ask to be prayed for, and and I'll remember it and recall at that prayer time and continue to pray that the Lord works out his will in your life. So it's been such a blessing, but you know what else is a blessing is hearing from you. So that's what we're going to plan on tonight, and I just wanted to encourage you. You know, this, this topic I was thinking about this morning or when I was preparing for the word this morning, I was thinking about this topic and I was thinking about sharing tonight also, sort of doing both of them at the same time. And I overlapped a little bit this morning. I cheated a little bit this morning and shared on what I'm going to share on tonight. And that was in Revelations chapter 12. You can turn there if you have your Bibles. And this will be really short, but I just want to encourage you by hearing from the saints The power of God in their lives is important. It's important. You know, in, in, uh, is there feedback? Should I turn this off? Well, I turned it off. (laughs) But in Revelation chapter 12, we see an account here, a really neat account. And in verse 7, it says this, And there was war in heaven. Unbelievable to think about, amen? Heaven, we always think of such a a peaceful and beautiful place, but at one point, there was war in heaven. There was a battle in heaven, believe it or not. And Michael, the archangel, and his angels fought against the dragon or against Satan. And the dragon fought and his angels. So there was this battle between God's and God's angels and Satan and his angels. There was this struggle of power in heaven. Amazing to think about. But it says in verse 8 that, that Satan prevailed not, neither was their place found in hev- anymore in heaven. And the great dragon, or Satan, was cast out, that old serpent called the devil. And Satan, which deceives the whole world, he was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. You know what saying? It says that Satan seeks to devour and destroy. This is what he seeks to do, devour and destroy. He has nothing good inside of him. He even wanted to destroy heaven as it was. He had nothing good in him. Nothing good comes out of him. And he was cast 
into the earth from heaven. If you look at verse 12, it says this, Therefore rejoice, you heavens, you, and you that dwell in them. But woe to the inhabitants of the earth and of the seal, for the seal of the devil is come down to you, having great wrath, because he knows that he has only a short time. You know, the devil has been cast to this earth, and heaven rejoiced, but it says to the people of earth, watch out, look out. The devil has been cast down to you, and he's angry, and he's angry because he knows he only has a short time. You know what that tells me, saints? We only have a short time. We ha- if the devil has a short time to do his work, we only have a short time to do the Lord's work. And what's encouraging about this account is in verse 10. It says, And I heard a loud voice saying in the heavens, Now is come salvation. Hallelujah. Now all is lost. You may think the devil's on earth. What are we going to do? We're not angels. How do we fight against him? How do we overcome him? How do we stand strong? How can I not sin? The devil's angry. He's powerful and he wants to devour me and destroy me. How do I stop this? Salvation. Amen? We've been saved. It says salvation and strength. You've been given power. And the kingdom of our Lord and the power of his Christ. It says for the accuser of our brethren is cast down. Satan who tries to accuse us. Hey, Jesus, that guy's not perfect. That girl's not perfect. He tries to accuse us before the Lord. He's been cast away. He accuses them before them. Day and night, the scripture says. And I wanted to focus tonight, before we get into some, a couple testimonies, it says that the, they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb. Do you remember the Old Testament? The death angel passed over the children of Israel's houses because they had blood on the doorpost. God's blood will protect you from the wicked one. Remember Job. Satan accused God, well, it's only because you protect him. Job is righteous. See, the righteous who have the blood on them, God has his hand on you. God has his angels around you. God will protect you. The blood will protect you. One of the ways to overcome the devil and not to have sin in your life is to give your heart to Jesus Christ. Have you given your whole life to Jesus Christ? Have you asked Jesus for his blood to be on you, to cover your sins, to cover, if you will, the doorposts of your heart? So when the devil comes to you, you are marked by the blood of the Lamb that says, oh, you're a child of God. I have to be careful with this one. I have to get permission special for this one. What a blessing it is. The blood itself will protect you from the wicked one. Amen. Hallelujah. It says in the last part of that verse, and they loved not their lives unto the death. They didn't care about this life. What mattered was the life that they met for Jesus. I shared this morning about Abraham. You know who often gets overlooked in the, in the account of Genesis 22? is Isaac. You never hear his son say a word. Except for dead. Where's the sacrifice? He followed through. He obeyed. He climbed up on the altar. He didn't fight. He didn't accuse his dad of anything. He was quiet and obeyed his father. What an example that is of Isaac for our, for our young brethren 
I mean, Isaac was a young lad, a young man, if you will. College age, maybe, maybe a little less. What a testimony he has that he did not love his life unto the death. He knew what the, he knew what the sacrifice meant, what it meant to climb up on the altar. And here he was, trusting in his Father. Saints, if we don't love our lives to the end, it helps us put trust in God that he has the best for us. And lastly, look at how they overcame him. They overcame him by the word of their testimony. And that's what I want to share tonight. I don't want to talk about the word of the testimony. There were a couple of brothers who, who stepped up and wanted to share, and I'm going to give them the rest of the night. As long as they want to share, as much as they want to share about the testimony, they're going to have to share with you, to encourage you, to show you that the blood of the Lamb, not loving your life unto the death, and by the testimony of others, you can overcome the wicked one. Hallelujah. So, Brother Paul Epsley, why don't you come on up and we'll hear your testimony that you wanted to share to the church tonight. Hallelujah. Don't be shy. I know it's a little awkward. <laughs> but you've been up here before. That's okay. Good evening. As Brother Ben said, my name is Paul, Paul Lapsley. For those of you who don't know me, for those of you who do, you have my condolences. That, that the Lord has uh, been, been so good to me. He's been so good to my family. And he's been so good to all of you. I know many of your testimonies. Praise God. I've been here in person now for 17 years, even though I was uh, initially, after I was saved, I spent uh, about 20 years down in Washington area. But uh, when Brother Ben this morning uh, indicated that he would be offering the opportunity to, to share answers to prayer, uh, I knew that was a call from the Lord. How could I not answer that? And I can go on for a long time, but I'm going to go on sort of chronologically. What happened most recently? And that is my brother. My brother is a few, old, a few years older than me, if you can imagine that. And uh, he is suffering from, uh, uh, it started out as Parkinson's disease, which is not good. But then they later diagnosed it as something called multiple systems atrophy. Multiple systems atrophy, which essentially means your whole body is just going down. But he's been doing very well uh, with the sorts of things that he can do. Uh, he called me and we talked on, it was on Monday, and he was really down because he couldn't sleep. Literally, he could not sleep. And then when he would fall asleep, his legs would tremble and shake and he'd wake up. And he said it had been going on for weeks. And I could hear in his voice, he, he was exhausted, uh, and, and so we talked, and uh, talked about a number of things, uh, but I'll get to the answer to the prayer uh, first, 
And that was we prayed. Uh, I prayed for him on the phone that the Lord would, uh, would touch him, would heal him, uh, would give him some rest, give him some peace. Uh, my brother's been walking with the Lord now, I don't know, 25 years. Uh, praise God. The Lord let me lead him uh, to the Lord. And, and I can tell you about that. But we prayed, and, and we were pretty, uh, pretty emotional and really feeling it. And we said goodbye. And in the discussion, he had told me that he had an appointment on Wednesday. And this was last week. So it was Wednesday of last week. He had an appointment to see a neurologist. He's seen a number of specialists with this thing he's got. And uh, he hoped to get some help on Wednesday. So we specifically prayed for that. Uh, he called me Thursday morning. He slept all night. He slept all night, Wednesday night. He had gone to this neurologist, and the neurologist uh, had heard what was going on, and he had some medication that he prescribed, and I think they call it off-label. It wasn't something that it was recommended for or whatever, uh, and, and thought, we'll try this. I don't know, but we'll see if it helps. Uh, and praise God, my brother slept all night Wednesday, except to get up and go to the bathroom. And he slept all night Thursday, and he's been sleeping since. And it's a wonderful, wonderful answer to prayer. Uh, and we praise God and thank him for it. But if we have more time, I'll go on, or maybe I'll sit down, and then I'll come back. <laughs> This guy can, this brother can share the word of God. Oh, thank you, brother. What a blessing it is. Power of prayer and trusting in the Lord, even on a phone call, the Lord can touch and give relief. Thank you, Brother Paul, for sharing. Brother Dave Mazur, would you like to share? Good evening, everybody. Uh, yeah, I'm Brother Dave Mazur. Uh, most of you know me here. I, I, if you don't know me, I like to say in the grand scheme of things, I'm just nobody. I'm just, just someone trying to be a, a good husband, good father, good grandfather, and a good Christian, trying to you know, just make it through this life. But like Brother Paul mentioned this morning with, when uh, Brother Ben mentioned there would be a testimony night, yeah, my heart jumped, and I knew it was time for me to start letting you guys know what the Lord's been helping me out with and getting me through for the past two years. Um, I want to give the Lord all the glory. The fact that I am here tonight able to share this with you is an answer to prayer, so we can just start there. Thank you, Lord, for that. Thank you, God. You're so good. That is for sure. And... uh I know I've been on your prayer list for two years. 
maybe at the top of your prayer list for many of you, so thank you for that. I appreciate all your prayers. There's been hundreds of prayers, if not thousands, over the past two years, and, and so many have been answered, but I promise I, I'll just try to narrow it down to three or four that I want to give the Lord glory for tonight. And uh, let me start by sharing a scripture with you, if you don't mind, in, in Psalms 59, verse 16. Uh, it says, I will sing of your power. I will sing aloud of your mercy in the morning, for you have been my defense and refuge in the, in the day of my trouble. <laughs> so look, many of you know me. I've been brought up in this church at the age of five. I was brought up in a Christian home at the age of seven, attending church four times a week. I went through the Sunday school program when we were in Phoenix, went through the academy, my children were brought up in this church. My grandchildren are being brought up here. It's a very sheltered and protected life. And if you just follow some basic principles, you can avoid trouble. I never really experienced trouble in my life growing up. I wasn't a troublemaker. I didn't look for it. Not much came to me. I did share in some trouble with some other people. But I never had trouble like this kind of trouble that the Scripture talks about. This my trouble... My trouble came knocking on my door two years ago, this September. And I didn't see it coming. And I wasn't expecting it. Man, but it hit me really hard. And many of you know that uh, two years ago, I was diagnosed with stomach cancer. Man, and you may say, Brother Dave, but you, you grew up in the church. You're a strong Christian. You must have taken it okay. You know, you're finding your way through it. Can I just be honest with you? It rocked my world. It was like a punch in the face. I can't begin to describe the depression I went into when I first got diagnosed. I, I went to the doctors because I thought I was passing a kidney stone. And they're like, no, it's not a kidney stone. We'll take a CT scan. Yeah, the CT scan confirmed it was a kidney stone, but they found something in my stomach. Uh, the lining in my stomach was a little hard in one area, and that led to a couple of endoscopies, and they pulled a sample, and yeah, they, it's stomach cancer. And I got a phone call one night. The doctor just said, yeah, it's stomach cancer. Essentially, you know, I feel bad for you, but good luck. <laughs> you know, we'll, we'll hook you up with some other people. But yeah, that, that, was a, that was a shot, a direct hit. And I, for the first three or four weeks after hearing that, I just went into a shell. You know, your mind starts thinking, you know, why me? How did this happen? What did I do? How can I fix it? What's my life going to be like? You try to get your head around it. And this was in October, and I remember thinking, am I going to see Thanksgiving? It was stage three stomach cancer. I didn't know if I was going to see Thanksgiving, and I said, well, if I get to Thanksgiving, you know, I probably won't see Christmas. And that just, that thinking just spiraled out of control with me. You start planning to die at 55. 
I'm writing letters to my family that, you know, things like, you know, if, if you're reading this, it's because I'm not here and you need to do this and you need to do that. Yeah, it wasn't a good time for me. I remember it was so bad I couldn't eat. And here I am trying to work through all this, right? I'm working from home. It's in the middle of COVID. We're all stuck at home. Can't go anywhere. We're all by ourselves. I had a couple of doctor's visits. One, you know, without getting into all the detail, there's an operation I, I might have been eligible for. You end up with no stomach and half an esophagus. No, don't want that. You don't know what the treatment's going to be on chemo, how long that's going to last. Doctors really don't tell you a whole lot other than, you know, we've done studies and you fit in this group, so we're going to treat you the same way, and hopefully that will help. But I just remembered, yeah, preparing not to live long, Like I said, I couldn't eat. I remember getting on this scale. I was 210 pounds right around that time. Once I hit like 185, I stopped getting on the scale. I, I checked once after that. I'd gotten down below 180. I, I just thought everything was heading the wrong way. Hey, but you're a Christian for 50-something years, brother. Where's your faith? I needed help. I needed help. And I remember praying to the Lord one day just to restore my mind because my mind was beating me up. And I remember singing in the living room and I just started walking around the house, singing in the kitchen, singing in the family room. And I got into my office where I work And I was standing behind my chair, kind of at my desk, and I just started praying. And I couldn't stand anymore. And I ended up sitting in my chair, and I just started praying louder and louder and talking in tongues. And I couldn't hold my head up. I felt like something behind my head was pushing my head down. And before I know it, my head's on my desk, and I couldn't stay there. I ended up going to the floor, and then I ended up laying on the floor, for about an hour, just crying out to God to deliver my mind because I was in a bad spot. And it got loud, and my Audrey was home, and Jesse was home, and my wife was home, and they're looking at me, and they're just let me pray, shutting doors that were open. We have a lot of walking people in my neighborhood, and apparently you could hear me all the way out at the street. I didn't really care. I was, in a, I was in a different place, just begging for the Lord to meet me some way. So prayer number one, that prayer was answered. Because after an hour, I just felt the Holy Spirit move through me. It told me it was going to be okay. And I got up from being in my office. I was able to eat. The kids came over that night for dinner. We were able to eat right away. I ate fine. My whole countenance changed. I just felt like I was delivered from this air of depression that just sat on me from hearing that bad news and and letting my mind spin trying to figure everything out. Prayer number one answered. If you're here tonight, yes, thank you, Lord. 
If you're here tonight and you're battling with that depression or anything in your mind, the only answer is the Lord. He can heal that. He can, he can reach you. He can deliver you from that. I know he can. He's there to do it. You just got to reach out to him and connect with him. And that will happen. So that's one, one prayer that was answered. Uh, so when you're, when you're being treated for this illness, uh, the, the, the treatment was every other week of your life, you're essentially sick for a week. Um, I had told you that we looked into the surgery and I wasn't going down that, that path. And, I, and the second prayer was really, Lord, I want to keep my stomach. I want to keep my esophagus. I'm not having surgery. I, I don't want this to go there. But I still didn't know what the treatment was going to be. So after meeting with the doctors, they, Brother Gene hooked me up with uh, this gentleman over at Brittonfield. And, and we talked, and, and he said, yeah, he goes, uh, I'm pretty confident we can, we can treat this, and, you know, we should be hopeful of what the results are. So I was, I was optimistic, but it's a tough treatment process. The routine is on a Monday you go in for blood work. You meet with the doctor. They check your levels to be sure you're okay to have treatment Tuesday morning. You go in at 8 o'clock Tuesday morning, you know, and for maybe as many as four hours, you sit in a chair, and they give you an infusion into your port of different types of drugs. Some of it's the chemo. Some is some other stuff to kind of offset the, the chemo impact. And then after four hours of that, you get to get up feeling sick, and they give you this fanny pack that you strap on, and in that pack, they put more chemo in a pump, and you get to take that home for two days. Walk around with it, eat with it, sleep with it, go to the restroom with it, um, and feel sick with it. That goes till Thursday morning, then I would go back in and get disconnected from that pump, they would take it off, and I would be sick from essentially Tuesday when it started right through Sunday or Monday, really starting to feel a little bit of relief for a few days after that. Essentially every other, like I said, every other week of my life, I've just been sick, just been laying on the couch, unable to do things. Week after week, month after month of this type of treatment, you start to say to yourself, when is this going to end? Is this all I have? Because I, I can't live like this after a while. You just, I got to work. Got to take care of the house. You got to take care of your family. You know, you have responsibilities. And just, uh, I remember praying to the Lord many times. Is, Lord, I, I need relief. I, I need relief. I, I don't want to have to default to having surgery. The thing with surgery was, even if you have all that done, there's no guarantee it's not going to come back. And then if it comes back, then what do they take out? Because everything's already out. So I was glad that the doctor was optimistic about the treatment. And I've been on that treatment. So the second prayer answered is no surgery. So I've been able to avoid that. So glory to God. That ain't never happening to me. It, 
up to this point. I don't plan it's going to happen in the future. So I thank the Lord for that. That was definitely an answer to prayer and a big one. But the third one has been this. In talking to my doctor over the past two years and going through this, his opinion has been, we'll put you on a treatment plan because it looks like your treatments are working. All your scans that you get every two months look good. Nothing's spreading around. It's contained. So he thinks we're winning. And again, I think I'm you know, sick every other week of my life, and that's not going to work. I try to talk to him about, hey, doc, if I'm doing so good, instead of going every other week for treatment, can we go every other two weeks? Give me some type of relief here. And he's like, no, I only do that for my elderly patients. They know what the risk is. They're at end of life anyhow. They've accepted it, and I'll only do it for them. And I'm like, oh, bummer. How about if we cut the chemo in half then? If I come every two weeks, can we cut the chemo in half? Nope, can't do that. You need to stay on this treatment. And after two years, you start wondering, like, how much longer can you really, really, really deal with this? Fast forward to July of this year. You may remember Brother Brian was preaching on healings. And at the end of one service, he said, is there one person here that believes that if you come up here right now, God will answer your prayer and heal you? And I came running down the aisle and I said, it's me. I believe the Lord touched me that morning. I really do. I have such a peace that he touched me in a very special way. And then the struggle comes, how do you tell your doctor that you feel like you've been healed and you just want to get off of chemo? How do you demonstrate your faith? In the Bible, when the Lord healed people, miracles, there was immediate visual confirmation when it happened, right? The leper skin was not good one minute, good the next. The woman with an issue of blood Stop bleeding. If the person was dead, they were alive. You could see it. What do you tell a cancer patient? It's in here. I look the same way I look right now. I don't look any different. and didn't look any different. And I just started believing it was going to take time for my faith to be exercised. I had to just not believe once, but believe every day after that that the Lord had touched me. And I told myself, I can't walk into the doctor's office and tell that same doctor who was telling me, you got to be on this treatment for the rest of your life, that I'm just getting off it. I needed to hear it from him. And I knew I had tried before, and he was never going to tell me that. So that was in July. I feel like I'm touched. I feel like I'm healed. But yet, I'm still going in for treatments. Man, that is a really weird feeling. You sit there and you just feel like, this is not right. I shouldn't be doing this. Here I am getting sick again because of the treatment, but yet I believe I'm healed. Pray. Pray to the Lord. Father, show me some way. Make it happen. How's it going to happen? Stop it, David. Don't try to figure it out. Just believe. Just have faith and be patient. I kept telling myself. A few weeks ago, I was scheduled for a CT scan, so I went in and had it. It was on a Friday. 
And man, that's a drag. And you have a CT scan on a Friday and you got to wait till Monday to see your doctor to get the results. And you know they have the results Friday afternoon, but you don't have your appointment until Monday, so you get to worry about it all weekend long, right? So I went in Monday with Diane and uh, I didn't know what I was going to hear. And having these regular CT scans and hearing that, oh, it looks good. You know, your lymph nodes haven't gotten larger, all your organs are the right size, nothing spready, you're okay. You know, I was just expecting that one of these times I wasn't going to get that good news, and this might have been one of them. I just had that feeling for some reason. I didn't say anything to my wife. I just, I just didn't know. But I walked in, and I sat in this little room with Diane, just waiting for the doctor to come in. And maybe you know that you know, when you're waiting to talk to a doctor, you try to read their face right away as soon as they come in the room and try to get some kind of gauge on, you know, what the results are. But he had his mask on, and he walks in. He's always a happy guy. And he asked me how I'm doing, and I said, I'm, I'm good. I'm good until I get treated, and then I feel sick. So, you know, it's the same thing over and over, Doc. He goes, well, your CT scan was good. I'm like, oh, that's good. Okay, that's a relief. And uh, he said, um, I know your treatments are hard on you. And I said, yeah, they are. So he starts talking about, you know, they have these chemo pills you can take. Four pills in the morning, four pills at night every day. Um, there's some side effects, but nothing terrible. He goes, uh, maybe you want to think about uh, taking the pills and not, you know, having the chemo treatment through the infusion. I asked him how big the pills were. I'm not a big pill taker. But I didn't say no. I was just quiet. And then he looked at me and he said, or we can just take you off chemo altogether. <laughs> and it didn't register with me yet, but I looked at Diane and I'm like, is he kidding or is he serious? And he's like, yeah, he goes, your CT scan was good. Why don't, why don't we take you off chemo? And I said, okay. And he goes, and oh, by the way, um, I also was getting immunotherapy. There's no side effects from it. It's, it's just to help your own immune system. Um, you know, it's like having your immune system on steroids. It helps fight disease on its own. And he goes, and they just also approved something for immunotherapy where you can do it once a month instead of every other week. So I did the math real quick. I said, are you telling me I only have to come here once a month for immunotherapy, which has no side effects, and you're going to take me off this pump and chemo, and I don't need that? And he just shook his head. I started to cry. My wife started crying. The doctor started to cry. I've witnessed to this doctor before. He's Hindu, um, but he's got a soft heart. He's a really good guy. And I just started thanking the Lord. I said, I'm getting a break. I don't know how long of a break I'm going to get, but I'm getting a break. Thank you, Jesus. Another prayer answered. Another big one. He took me off chemo. Thank you, Lord. So the plan is, right now, through Thanksgiving, I'll be off chemo. I only have to go in for my immunotherapy, like I said, one, one more time. And then I'll have another CT scan. And uh, then he said, you know, you come in Thanksgiving, we'll do another CT scan. And he goes, we'll see. 
So I'm just having faith that when Thanksgiving comes around and this next round of CT scans, it's going to be just as good. And he's going to say, you know, just stay off chemo. But here's another big kicker. When I was asking about my CT scan, after he told me I could get off chemo, I said, wait, I said, when you took the scan, the tumor that was in my stomach, that, that hard lining part that you've been telling me is never going to go away, and if anything, it'll just turn into a scar tissue and not uh, generate cancer cells. I go, the CT scan, that measures that, right? You were able to measure that. Can you tell me if it, it's smaller? Is it thinner? And he goes, no, we didn't measure it. I go, why didn't you measure it? <laughs> he says, it's not there. <laughs> it's not there. And Diane says, well, how long have you known that? How long has it not been there? And he goes, well, it hasn't been there for a while. It just hasn't been there. So we didn't measure it. I'm like, you tell me it's gone? He goes, yeah, it's not there. I wasn't, you know, I was always praying to be healed. How am I going to hear it? The doctor's got to tell me. And he told me piece by piece in this last visit. So the testimony is, he's telling me I don't have this tumor or this issue in my stomach anymore. He's telling me I don't have to be on chemo, and we'll have a CT scan around Thanksgiving to see if everything else checks out. So this miracle that I've been praying for, as much as it hasn't come like that to me, I look back and I see the Lord moving little steps, step by step. I'm getting confirmation. And hopefully in the very near future, I'll be up here to tell you my next set of scans was just as good I'm going to get the doctor to say, you don't have cancer anymore. <laughs> I'm praying I will hear that from him. But this, this whole time, you know, when I first got the diagnosis, my mind was, your life is shutting down. You're going to die. I'm not dead. I'm still here. I'm not the perfect picture of health, but I'm pretty healthy. I'm doing things I never thought I'd be able to do this far into uh, cancer treatment. I wasn't that picture of cancer I imagined in my head that I was going to turn into. And I had prayed, Lord, I need to be there for my parents. I need there to be, be there for my family. You know, your perspective on life is like this when you're just living. But when I got that news, my perspective went real narrow. The house didn't matter. The cars, the boat, camp, vacations, fixing this, fixing that. It didn't matter. What mattered was the Lord today in my family. And he got me to focus there really quick. And that's where my focus has been for these past two years. Am I glad I got sick and got this illness? No, I wouldn't wish it on anybody. But can I tell you, it's made me a different person. It's changed my my, my relationship with the Lord, my prayer life is different, that is for sure. I've connected in a way I never imagined I would connect. I spoke in tongues before. I even got a new tongue that day in my office. A lot of things have happened. A lot of prayers have been answered for me. And I am just here to tell you the Lord is answering many of them. I believe he will continue to answer them. And I thank you all for praying for me for all these, these past two years. It's been huge. It's, it's been amazing. And uh, I just can't thank you enough. The Lord answers prayers. Like the song we sang uh, a little while ago, Surely goodness and mercy is beside you 
all your days. Saints, it's there for you. You've just got to reach out and accept it. You've got to connect with the Lord through worship and praise to get that and prayer. And he'll give it to you. And he'll get you through this life. We're not going to live forever in our bodies, right? We all have to die once. That road through the valley of the shadow of death isn't a fun road to go through. But he's there to be with you when you go through it, whenever that time might be. And you don't have to fear it. And you don't have to be anxious about it. But you can be at peace when you're going through that. And that's the faith that I have and that he's given me that, uh, you know, when that day comes for me, I'll be able to approach it a little differently than I did the first time I heard that bad news. So I'm doing really good. So, you, so now you all know that if you wonder how I'm doing, I'm doing fabulous. Thank the Lord. And thank you for your prayers. God is good. Yeah, okay. Sure. Look, if you're here tonight and you need prayer for an illness or a sickness, I'd love to pray with you. Come on up. If you need prayer for depression or just you're in a bad state right now, come on up. We'd love to pray with you. I'd love to pray with you. It made a difference for me when the church prayed for me that morning. Unbelievable difference. And it wasn't just that one morning in July. It was many other services before that when I was able to come in and uh, have the saints pray for me. So I invite you to come up. I'd love to pray with you. Hallelujah, saints. What a blessing it is to, to be heard by our Creator and our Heavenly Father. Amen. Testimonies that we heard tonight through prayer. You know, prayer is communication with our Lord. He hears and He sees and He answers in His time. Stay faith. Stay full of faith. Continue to pray. I know, I know many of you are in the midst of prayers and waiting for answers to prayer as you heard tonight. Hold on to that. Believe it. Wrestle with it if you have to, but don't doubt. Struggle with it. Meditate on it, but push through it. And watch the Lord at the other end of it meet you and guide you and show you how wonderful of a father he is. Amen? So, Lord, we give you glory tonight. We give you praise tonight. Thank you for the word of the saints and their testimonies, how it can inspire us to go further and continue on in you and to grow in you and to be led by you, Lord. We love you so much. Thank you for being so active and living and vibrant in our lives. You're a living God. You're a caring God. You're active in our lives. You're working in our midst. You want to hear from us. You want to move in us. You want to be used in us, Lord Jesus. Well, we want to be used by you, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Use us. Help us to be better for you in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah, saints. Have a blessed night. If you want to continue to pray, feel free to pray. God bless.